Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the MediaBios.com. Joining me today are Chris, hey. Brent, hello, TJ, yo, and my name is David. And uh, this is the second installment for this week of our Lord. <laughs> We're going to be doing uh, uh, the follow-up from the homework, talking about Park Chan-wook's The Handmaiden, and then going into our main topic, which is going to be moms. In honor of Mom- Mother's Day movies, our specific moms, or moms in general, love. <laughs> it's our stance here that we love moms. <laughs> Who assigned Handmaiden? I assigned uh, The Handmaiden. Want to prime it a little? I will. <laughs> so The Handmaiden is a uh, it's a take on a con movie about con men and, more importantly here, kind of con women. Mm-hmm. And it uh, transplants that into 1930s Korea, yep. like right around when uh, uh, Japan was taking over Korea, I believe. Yeah, you have uh, not just a uh, double cross, but triple cross and... The movie is such a lush environment from for this uh, kind of con to take place. Thought it was a really interesting movie, and wanted you guys to see it for homework. I liked it a lot. It was beautifully shot. I thought. Yeah, my my best uh, critique on on it is that it did not feel like its length. Mm-hmm. Yeah, its, it's runtime is two hours and twenty five minutes. Yeah, and it it really clips along. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was uh, dragging at times, and then. I'd be like, man, I've been watching this for an hour and 20 minutes. It feels like it's been 30 minutes. It feels like it's been a boring 30 minutes, but it's actually been an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not, it doesn't feel like that. So it was a weird combo of it feeling like it was dragging and actually going by really fast at the same time. Sure. I liked it a lot, though. And I think the, the storytelling mechanism really plays to that, where a normal story is told with all of your story beats, A through F. Mm-hmm. This really kind of went, you know, a, D, then B, E, then C, F, and then G as like the conclusion. Really kind of interesting way to do part one, part two, part three, where they're all interlinked. Yeah. The, the layers were awesome. Yeah. yeah. Of like, this is the twist. No, this is what's happening. No, right. It's this. Yeah. It was really cool. Because you can try to see at least one of those twists coming. I don't, I don't think that's really the point of the movie is that you see where the twists are going. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, like you're saying, really interesting structure. I think the movie doubles back on itself with like two, maybe three different strong pivots yeah. in it. With, kind of like refreshes the movie again. Yeah, with purpose too. It's not frivolous. Yeah. It's it's really important to see after the first twist, you know, the story according to Jim. Um, no. The uh, <laughs> you know, the 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 lady, her her story and her perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. The handmaiden or the miss? The miss. The miss. The eventual countess. Yes. Because it's really interesting. Her character is kind of like a a zero at first. Yeah. And with the double back, it just makes her so fascinating, I thought. Yeah. And I really think that the most interesting twist isn't any of the, you know, plot turns. It's what these readings are, what the, the collection is, and what the basement is. Yeah. Those three really ghoulish revelations are... I think the most fun of any of the individual parts of the plot. I watched it with uh, Cassandra, my girlfriend, and she is really good at calling things like that. And she called the sex books like early. Yeah. Which is bizarre to me. Hmm. She was just like, this time period of like what books would be worth anything, it's got to be like banned. Uh Mm -hmm. Shit. She was talking about that, you know, 20 minutes into the movie, which is crazy to me. Yeah. 
But well, that, that, really, that revelation was cool. Yeah. The basement was pretty gnarly too. Yeah, especially when it was like, here's all my bookmaking materials, and then there's the big octopus, and it's like, what, what the? That's the ink. Yeah. Like all of all of the things down there that he uses to torture the con man are all you know his book binding materials. So which I think oh I was just gonna say go which I think that is a good I, I don't know I like how that matches up with that's also the way he kind of tortures her with the books by yeah. making her read them yeah all these yeah herbs who come in yeah the um I had a weird moment of having to. So do y'all have things uh, like gory, violent things that you don't like seeing on screen? Yeah. Mine, is, mine is blade to skin. Okay. Uh, I think it's um, started when you know I was ten and I watched Braveheart and watched her get her throat slit geographically yeah. at the beginning of that mm-hmm. movie. And ever since then, like blades to skin, I can't watch it. Do y'all have things like that? Mine is eye torture and Achilles tendons. Oof. Mine is fingernails or teeth. Mine's teeth. Uh, I shrieked like a little girl in the theater uh, when I saw Castaway. <laughs> and he has to like knock knock his tooth out with a rock. Yeah, yeah, with an ice skate. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah he puts the ice skate there yeah, and he hits the rock. With a rock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I I really like Audition, the Japanese thriller. Uh, but that the I thing. Yeah, putting putting the um, what, sorry, I'm blanking right now. The massage therapy kind of thing the acupuncture needles in his eyes is just like yeah so anyway we ran into this big problem in this the climax of Handmaiden where I can't look at the TV but it's foreign so I have no idea what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) I was just like no 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 both of us, Cassandra and I, had our eyes closed. It's like I don't know what's happening. I'll never know. Oh, when he's going after the guy's fingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first, yeah. the first finger he takes. I was like watching it, and like the blade comes down, and I go, "Oh my god, it's slow." Yeah, because <laughs> when it hits his finger, it like slows down, and he just shit yeah. for the last little bit. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. All four uh, performances were very good, though. I thought. I thought yeah. In there, in mm-hmm. different times of the movie too, which was neat. Yeah, I read a little bit about the casting uh, afterwards. Uh, apparently, the woman who played the handmaiden, I think her name is Taihi something. Mm-hmm. I forget now, but was she the one who was like a nobody? Or was she yeah, she's a nobody. So it's like Park, her first movie. Yeah, yeah. Park Chan Wook uh, auditioned four thousand people, and her audition uh, as soon as she walked in, but uh, within fifteen to twenty minutes, she was the front runner. And it does one surprise of, me with him. Park Chan Wook's kind of like the the nutty. Yeah. Like David Lynchy, yeah, Korean director, and his and one of the big factors as to why he picked her is because he knew that there was going to be really graphic lesbian scenes in the movie, and when asked who her favorite actress was, she identified her co-star mm-hmm. um, without knowing that she was cast. It's weird though. It is weird, but it's then, just weird that you didn't have to go have that scene. If, if nobody, if you're listening to this and didn't watch it for some reason, that it is the most graphic lesbian sex scene I've. Yeah, scene. I mean, it, that's part of the. It crushes Black Swan or like Mulholland Drive or anything. Yeah. It's way beyond that. Yeah, yeah it's I, part of the disclaimer I had a couple weeks ago when I said that there was extreme uh, sexual content. Yeah, typically that's that's a trigger if there's like rape scenes or something like that yeah. for letting people know ahead of time. It's kind of not that, but yeah. it's 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 part of a question I had that uh, because it's so graphic and so out there. Do you think? the romance between those two ever becomes a romance or do you think it's just male titillation through the movie? I, I think the revisiting is a little, uh, I think it goes a little overboard because, you know, you've got part one which ends basically with the sex scene and then driving off to the, uh, them running away and then driving to the asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in part two they revisit the sex scene and just make it more graphic 
And I, I thought that was a little unnecessary. You know, you're retelling the same events. I don't know. I got a little bit... I see what you're saying. I got a little bit more from that. So I feel like the sex scene you see in part one is leaves the possibility in your head that the end of part one, where they drop her off at the asylum, is them tricking her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that somebody's maybe crazy. I thought yeah. that may, maybe was a possibility. Like, oh, maybe she's the countess this whole time. And yeah. They're right. just actually... They're right, and she's loony. Yeah. Um, but then when you go back into the sex scene, I feel like the last, you know, seven-eighths of the sex scene are more passionate than the first eighth. It really drops And, and the then it's like, oh, they might actually be... They're falling in love. They're falling in love. Yeah. Because the rest of that sex scene is super intimate. Yeah. yeah. And passionate. It also changes kind of who is driving the sex scene. Yeah. You know, with, yeah. with the retelling. Yeah, and, and her saying, like, you must be a natural. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's stunned that, you know... That the countess is, you know, into scissoring and so good at it. But, but I, I guess th- to me, they didn't sell the countess's possible deception until the telling of her story, which then they double back on with the revisiting of the bedroom scene. You see um, the you see the drop off at the mental institution before the big sex scene, right? Yes. Right. Okay. It concludes part one. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. I was making sure. I was then it goes that, back right. to the to the the kind of countess. The sex scene does end weird in part one though. Yeah. It's just her like, yeah, tongue out like going at like a cat to a bowl of milk. Yeah, it's well, real weird. If you think about it, that's where even a, like that's where a uh, suggestive movie would end that scene. For sure. And then when it retells it with like you know the countess is clinical about stuff. Yeah. You know she is she, she was trained into being unfeeling. And it's just like, this is literally what happened. It's yeah, kind of sure. maybe some of the purpose of that. Maybe, that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Also, I think you need to also, you by the time the second scene, or the, the extend, extended scene is shown, you've already, by that point you've seen her reading the books. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, th- I feel like it, it's good that it's like her taking that like for herself. Yeah. Instead of having to just read these old books to these old men this is her moment of like sexual liberation and it's more powerful. Plus within the context of the movie, like we were talking about it, it starts from that's how she learns sexuality is mm-hmm. like through her uncle with those books where you have, uh, you know, Japanese authors have these, you know, I don't want to say twisted to judge, but these extravagant sexual fantasies that mm-hmm. she is kind of, you know, when she has actual contact with this person she is either trying to trick or, you know, she yeah. show her this is what sex is, is that she, you know, it's elaborate and, you know, pretty pornographic in the full-on scissoring, yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And I and I think that it's, it's telling that the, you know, erotica that she reads is all foreplay. It is all foreplay. It's yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. That big story is really interesting. And then it's funny that, that when there's finally, like, sexual penetration... The line is just, and this is really vulgar, but the line is just, and then he slid his cock in her cunt. And that's it. That's all the talk about the penetration of the actual sex. The rest is foreplay. And not that I'm type, like, you know, stereotyping, but then that she is, you know, 100% into, you know, the, like, lesbian sexual encounter, like, makes sense to me. You know, everything Mm -hmm. that is available to lesbian lovers is what she revels in. Despite disliking all of the reading, yeah, like scientifically, it's all foreplay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. That makes that's that's yeah. interesting too. And for me, back to the question of like the male titillation versus the romance. I think the movie sells the romance in 
nothing to do with sex. It's like some of the small scenes that follow that. Yeah. Like where they try to run off together and they come across like it's it's kind of funny the and it's charming. Wall. Little knee high mm. wall. You know, the, the handmaiden, you know, runs past it and the, the countess, the, the lady is back there and she stacks the suitcases for her. Mm. Like yeah. old school, you know, putting a jacket over a puddle. I just thought it was a, a sweet little moment like that. Yeah. yeah, the sex scene did not feel out of place to me. No. No. Yeah. And, and which is good, hard to do with something that graphic. Yeah, uh, mad props to them is right it, to be able to like do that. Indulgent. Indulgent. Yeah, right. yeah, and a little extemporaneous proof that they probably they may not have put it in as fan service or for male titillation. Um, one is this movie got a lot of praise from Glad mm-hmm. um, for how they handled the sex scene and how they uh, portrayed you know this real love between two people on screen. And secondly, when they filmed the bed bedroom scene. Park Chan-wook insisted that it be one of the first scenes they shot because they thought it would put a lot of pressure on the actors. And also, that day of filming, no male crew member uh, was allowed to report to the set that day. They got the day off. They filmed it with a remote camera. The only other person in the room was a woman with a boom mic. And they were allowed... The bathroom on set was turned into a lounge so that the actresses between shots could take time to like relax and to you know kind mm-hmm. of like decompress a little bit because yeah. it is a very intense very it's passionate a, scene. It's also yeah. it's a very vulnerable scene for right. both of those actresses. For a brand new actress and, and an established like superstar. superstar. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was handled very sensitively, which is appropriate because I know that South Korea has been accused of being a, a mm. quite conservative country, mm-hmm. right. especially when it comes to depictions of sex and Asian you know, their, their yeah. comfortability with it. So, so that is, I think, pr- more uh, evidence that it was as graphic as it needed to be for the story. Mm-hmm. Despite my still disagreeing that I thought the second second take was a little much, but yeah, I still think it was a little much. But I think that there was maybe a purpose to the. To that, yeah, yeah, I think he definitely thought there was. Mm-hmm. He definitely yeah. attempted for it to be a purpose, right? Even if it didn't work for everybody, yeah, you can you can cut it was away not in and, there just to be there. Yeah, you yeah. could cut away and imply that they had sex and they enjoyed it. You know, put in the hallmarks of American cinema of right. moaning and you know sounds of pleasure. But you know, later on, we're shown like she's a master of seduction. Like this is what she does. This is her profession. And also, that's her normal. Is you know that was her studies. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she is a a con. She's she's the honeypot to a con. Yeah, like she seduces the con man and tricks him and betrays him in the most obvious way she could have, but still is effective. <laughs> betrays the guy with her seduction the way that he thinks that he's a master of too, mm-hmm. which yeah is always fun. I thought that actor who played the, the is he a count? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's I thought he was very good in the movie. Mm-hmm. He 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 just nailed that like kind of sleazy, mm-hmm. uh, but also charming aspect. Yeah, and also not saying a lot. Yep. you could really mm-hmm. tell he was a. As soon as you see him, like at that table, and like there's the uh, there's the gate with the snake pops up. It's like oh this dude. Is into stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the movie's definitely going to tell me. <laughs> Do you... So what What? What part did the ant play for y'all? Or ant who kills herself? See, I, that, don't, I don't think she killed herself. Well, well yeah. What, what part does that play into the story, though? Um, that was one thing I, what, so maybe I didn't a, totally have my... An outcome she was trying to avoid by, you know, conning the con. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. I guess it could have instilled in her very early that... I think it's that she found out, she realized that her aunt didn't kill herself. And I think that's when she just be kind of dug in her heels to, at some point, exact revenge upon her uncle. Mm-hmm. So that was like the catalyst kind of for the whole thing. Yes, I think so. But yeah. it's 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 amusing. Not amusing. It's it's interesting though because what does she actually do to her, her uncle? She doesn't. She doesn't set up any mechanism. It's true. I guess she didn't plan to destroy the book collection. That no. was just a spur of the moment. That was that was that was thing. Suki who. But leaving is leaving is uncle over. yeah. Because she has the wealth. But remember, she says that... uncle's trying yeah. to get her wealth. But when she leaves, she says her uncle has enough money. She can buy... He could buy ten girls to read books. Yeah. yeah. So, it's... I don't know. I mean... And she doesn't... Isn't the one who sets up his downfall. It's all the con man. Unless she knew that he had those mercury cigarettes, which is ridiculous, but that doesn't matter. She could have just played it to that one of the two of them are going to handle each other. Mm-hmm. Because both of them would, were going to be after her. And it was yeah. just fate that they could actually end up happy ever after. You know, when they go on the ferry and she's in uh, she's in drag as the uh, as the, the man. Yeah. I thought it was... Did, were you guys in that final scene, like on the ferry and everything, kind of tense? Because like a Park Chan-Wook movie with like a straight up happy ending. Yeah. Well, with, with some murder and torture and, <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, stuff beforehand, but... I think it's a straight up happy ending that I think the movie earns, but every part of that I was like, oh god, they're gonna. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's weird because the only reason you want the pair to succeed that ended up succeeding is because they fell in love. Mm-hmm. Like they're the good guys because they fell in love. Like they're still bad people. Yeah. They're not any worse or better than the two guys. I mean, that they died. did set out to con each other. Yeah. So they're just yeah. as bad as the two dudes who you know died from mercury poisoning or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just that they fell in love, so you're like, no. Oh. <laughs> and and in just in 1930s Korea, they're both underdogs because they're women. Yeah, you know, they're both pawns of two like Korean adoptee. Women. Yeah, right. Two uh, different male con men. You know, the count is his own con man and what he wants to, you know, abuse this woman of. And the con man who ha- handles the handmaiden is you know straightforward that he's a, you know, abuser of of women and limits power and stuff like that. Yeah. I did find her escape from the institution amusing when the uh, thieves' den people came in dressed oh, yeah. as uh, the fire brigade or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was wasn't completely unexpected because she had contacted him before to yeah. help her, but still, yeah. uh, it was a lighter moment in a mm-hmm. not extremely light movie. Yeah, um, but apparently Park Chan Wook when he was reading the book uh, that this is based off of called The Fingersmith, which is a Ooh. hell of a title. Yeah. Um, Halfway through reading it, he said, I'm going to finally make a movie with a happy ending. Hmm. And this is the, the result. Please. So he did it with bells. I really love the scene of uh, the, the rebellion and destruction in the uh, destroying the pornographic books. Yeah. I think it's like visually really cool what, yeah. what they do. It's kind of like a little uh, playground for the actress because like open the, the little... Covering and there's water, pour water all over it, rip stuff up, shred mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I when I was watching it, there were two moments where I went, that architecture is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And it's the the modular panels on the ground that can turn it into like a nature scene. Yeah. And also the very beginning in uh, I, I, I'm assuming it's Korea when <laughs> the con man walks into the the thieves den and starts opening drawers in stairs. 
And yeah. I thought to myself, like, why don't all stairs have drawers in them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect place for drawers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I didn't live in a one-story house, I would start thinking about some renovations. <laughs> give me some stair drawers. Stair drawers. <laughs> but yeah, I just... I'm, I'm glad you guys seem to have enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. When the sex started, I went, you perverts. <laughs> <laughs> I almost held it back for that. It's like, uh, David just wants us to watch lesbian porn. <laughs> It's in a foreign language, so it seems classier. <laughs> if that was Denise Richards and somebody, that would have been podcast oh, over. Nobody remembers Nev Campbell. <laughs> Sad. It was Denise Richards and some brunette. But yeah, I really liked it. It's fun. Not fun. Whenever I say fun, I don't mean joyful. It's it's, it's fun in the way that con man twisty movies are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm I, a big, I get that. I'm a big fan of those kind of movies. You can appreciate the mechanism. Mm-hmm. I like that they had like the triple cross kind of mm-hmm. kind of yeah. goes to complete the circle of. And it's one of the characters. better con man movies that I've seen, just because of the way they they frame the cons, and you don't know. At first, you just think it's one person conning another, mm-hmm. and you may suspect, oh, she may start to develop feelings. That's where this is going to go. It's going to go to like her feelings versus her commitment to the con, and then it just takes you in wildly different directions. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah, and there's a really funny, very kind of telling joke at the audience's expense when they're having the scene in the diner uh, towards the end of the movie in part three, mm-hmm. where he uh, says that, uh, I think it's I think it's the, the con man says that uh, like naivety is the biggest crime Meanwhile, you're strung along with like, oh, I think she's going to con her. Like, oh, wait, no, she got conned. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. fun. Fun. Main topic. Going on to the main topic. <laughs> it's so, inspired by The Handmaid. Segwaying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a movie. I don't think I'd want to watch Handmaiden with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a good uh, segue. We're talking about, uh, talking about mom movies. Are moms like moms in general? And we're going to steer clear of The Handmaiden now. Yeah. So we have a Starting nice, now. comfortable buffer in between these two things. All right. One more thing with The Handmaiden. <laughs> My favorite part of The Handmaiden is when the Countess tries to hang herself. <laughs> and The Handmaiden's just holding her by her feet. Oh, yeah. And she's just like, let go. <laughs> and then finally, so when, like when she tells her, like, I tried to con you. She's so mad, she drops her yeah. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was good. Didn't Park Chan-wook do the host? No, I think he might have. He might have. That's Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho. But anyway, now we can talk about moms and less about tripping. <laughs> less tripping and more paying a trip to see your mom this weekend. Ooh, rough. Don't worry, anyway, I'll, I'll take care of that. Does anyone have? A... <laughs> oh God. <laughs> No, not that. I'm not editing that. That joke out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll handle that. I'll handle that. Well, now they're both saying <laughs> Right. Mutually assured joke structure. But anyway, um, yeah, part of us getting into movies, you know, you have the movies you grew up with that kind of start to formulate your taste. Some of it's from your friends. Some of it's from, you know, the things you see on TV. But there's a lot of it you get from your family, mm-hmm. you know, starting to love movies, you know, from your dad and your mom, and we want to pay attention to the mom side for Mother's Day. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone have any specific uh, movies they want to talk about that uh, 
growing up their moms lived. I think we should probably go around. Is, is this a, a topic that kind of suits I'm, that well? I think this is a good all go around. Yeah, a good old merry go round yeah. in the 80s. I'll start the ones that when I was when I was young that I loved because my mother loved them. Uh, Jurassic Park. She's a big fan of Jurassic Park, which is my probably my favorite movie mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, always, she's also a huge Star Wars fan, which is definitely why she had. Uh, my brothers are. Born in 77 and 78, so they had all the Star Wars toys, and they went and saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, and my mom liked those movies growing up. Um, so those two, she's also a big Stephen King fan, um, so a lot of those Stephen King movies I watched because she read the books, or had me read the books, or the books were always lying around the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's gotten away from that now. She's a high school teacher, so now she is really a big fan of like tweener, post-apocalyptic, young adult <laughs> Hunger Games and all the spinoffs. Basically where, like, school kids die. It's Pretty like, much. right yeah. in the sweet spot. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Tortured and died. So, you know, she liked the Hunger Games, and we read those books around the same time me and my mom did. And uh, But now, like, I share a voodoo account with her, and it's mm-hmm. all, like, all the Maze Runner movies, all the insurgent, deferment, detergent movies. <laughs> um, what else? The Fifth Wave. Like, the mm-hmm. second it came out, she bought it and had it on yeah. there. And I watched, like, 30 minutes of it. I was like, this movie is fucking awful. <laughs> so bad. So, uh, now, that is pretty much all she's watching. Wizard of Oz, one of her favorites growing up. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is probably a staple favorite for a lot of moms. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're not. It was, you know, she had older boys, so it was pretty much whatever I liked. She's, she's easy to please. But, yeah, now it's hilarious. It's just, <laughs> just post-apocalyptic bad movies. That's all she likes. Wish fulfillment movies. Yeah, she's a, she's a big uh, horror movie fan, and and not like we are probably. She's more into like supernatural mm-hmm. stuff. My mom's got all over the place. She changes what she likes every four or five years anyway. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She's open to it. Yeah. yeah. And I think we can talk later more about what general moms like. I think I think there are some movies that are liked by most mothers, or I assume they are. I'm probably wrong because I don't know that many. I know one. <laughs> I figure Chris can talk about his mom and David can talk about his mom. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, David and I are brothers. And we also share a mom. Yep. Because that's not clear enough. They're brothers from a single mother. <laughs> well, she's not single, but her marital status doesn't play yeah, this at rent. all. <laughs> I'll take care of it. This <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> But yeah, I don't, um, you know, she's she's got a, a unique taste in movies. Not that it's a bad taste. You know, I think the the three movies that just popped in my head immediately when I think of movies that uh, our mom likes, they're Practical Magic, which is... Loves, Magic. loves some Sandra Bullock. Just such a lighthearted, fun movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's twisty and just strange and it's cute and it's family friendly, which I think is important if it's going to be a movie that's on TV all the time. I just, you know, I, I couldn't recite the plot to you, but I know I've seen that movie a couple dozen times. Yeah. And it sets a lane that she likes, she didn't doesn't really like general romantic comedies. Right. But she likes uh, romantic comedies that kind of have a twist to them. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, female-led movies with, you know, magic in them, or yeah. revenge, or some kind of, like, con. Yeah, I think she's, she's up for that kind of I movie. think Death Becomes Her is... Also loves that movie. One of her favorites. Oscar winning. Oscar mm-hmm. winning Death Becomes Her. 
Um, she really likes, and one of my favorite movies because of it is Braveheart. I cannot watch Absolutely. Braveheart without thinking of the first time I watched it, probably on TBS, uh, with her, you know, walking in and being like, well, you haven't seen Braveheart? Like, you have to watch it from the beginning and getting the VHS out and, like, putting the VHS in. You have to see the throat get slit. Your life will be ruined. I think like a love of historical epics, yeah, kind of comes from that. Seeing that movie probably way too early. That movie kind of freaked me out, especially the torture and the uh, and the the rape in that movie. It's kind of kind of rough, but it's definitely a super well done Mm -hmm. historical epic movie. I remember one of the scenes that always stuck with me is when he rides into one of the like lesser lords' houses with the ball and chain. And just like rides his horse right up to the guy's bedside and just like smashes him in the face with it mm-hmm. because it feels like that's like a nightmare scene. Like you expect the character who is the victim to like wake up and sweats, but no, like William Wallace like rode into his bedroom and destroyed that man's face, maced him in the face. Yeah, and that's also from that. You know, she's very into historical epic stuff. Yeah, or anything in uh, medieval ages, Celtic and uh, Irish. Like, uh, I remember she liked uh, First Night, Richard Gere, mm-hmm. King Arthur thing, like other things like that. I think we went to the theaters to see Troy. Yep. Like Troy. She's always up for that kind of epic. And uh, I remember, I think that was one of the, my first Oscars I remember. Mom was always a very good, uh, would always watch the Oscars and and have like a movie she was kind of cheering on. Yeah. And the that's, I think I was, uh, I would have been... 11 or 12. I would have been 11 when that came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where it started my obsession with Oscars. I, I'm pretty nice. sure. Yeah. And and then another another bend to her, her, her movie tastes. She really likes, I don't even know if I asked her today if she'd list this in her top 10, but Broken Arrow. Because <laughs> she likes unique action movies. Wants to see ridiculous shooting gallery movies. Yeah. That's something as kids was... Really great because she would be as excited as we were to see some kind of uh, action movie. She's always up for an action movie as long as it's interesting. Yeah, she li- she likes to say as long as it's got good kills, which yep. means like people are like murdered in interesting ways yeah. in the movie. So we saw sudden death pretty young because in sudden death Jean Claude Van Damme kills a man with a chicken wing. Mm-hmm. Is it Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, Jean Claude yeah, Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, Was she a fan of a? I forgot the title. Shoot him up. Yeah. She really likes shooting okay. up. That's why he gets killed with a carrot. That's she likes fun. She likes smoking aces. Liked it less, but still liked smoking aces. Nice. Yeah. And those kinds of movies. I think she liked like face off and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, she was oh, probably the reason why I like John Travolta so not John Travolta Nicholas Cage so much is because of how much she loves the movie The Rock. Yeah, loves uh, The Rock. It also has a great uh, crazy death too, and the, the guy gets launched on the oh, yeah. the rocket. I was thinking yeah. of the the boiling skin in the beginning of it. Uh-huh. Wait, does he get lost on a rocket in that? Or no, somebody gets impaled yeah. on something. Someone does get impaled with a, with a rocket. Oh, uh, with missile. a big rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of True Lies, where somebody actually gets, where Schwarzenegger looks at him and goes, you're fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought your mom probably likes Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he always kills people in interesting ways. Yeah, I mean, we, we watched a, uh, she, she does really like True Lies. Um, Loves True Lies, yeah. Another one of his, like, we saw some of the, some of the weirder Schwarzenegger, like, not the classic, what the kids think of, like Total Recall, you know, Kindergarten Cop, that stuff. 
remember seeing like, like Seventh Day. Yeah, yeah, that one in particular. And uh, Eraser. Yeah, I remember seeing that with our mom in theaters. Vanessa Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's James Con, I think. Yeah. That I've one's got like the bouncing Betty that bounces up and like explodes shrapnel in a yeah. guy. That movie's got the awesome like shootout at the Bronx Zoo. <laughs> I remember, mm-hmm. there's like an alligator tank. Mm-hmm. And they blow up, and now there are alligators and to fight. Yeah, um, and and all this to say, you know, she, she's the the inspiration for me to watch Mud. Really likes Matthew McConaughey, probably from any of the categories of movies previously, except for Epics. But you know, I got a call out of the blue one day. She's like, "I watched Mud. You have to see it. It's really good." Which is like, she's like, Matthew McConaughey's in it. It's not a romantic comedy. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> I guess I do have to see it. And, mm. yeah, this is, you know, his performance right before he did True Detective. And yeah, I think really kind of signaled a career change for him. Uh, yeah, right before uh, the Oscar winner, too. Right? Mm-hmm. A year before, two years before? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was probably, like, the very beginning of the McConaissance stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's very, she's always, she's always very faithful to actors and actresses she likes. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll go the entire line of... Uh, Sandra Bullock, like from The Practical Magic, loves Miss Congeniality, mm-hmm. loves the sequel, loves uh, like Hope Floats and all that other stuff. Really loved Mel Gibson for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think as much anymore, but like What Women Want, yeah. she was up for. Loved The Patriot, again, a historical epic. Ooh, well, that's fun. I like that movie. Yeah. Again, it's like kind of romantic, but with an interesting twist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean my yeah my, my list of three just to reiterate because I kind of got murky with it was Practical Magic, Braveheart, and Broken Arrow. Those are the three that I think encompass the things that yeah. I watched with her. I think that's the tentpole of her her taste. Nice. Mine uh, is similar to in a lot of ways to what y'all been saying. For example, she's loyal to actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. She also really likes Sandra Bullock, and we'll see almost anything that Sandra Bullock puts Maybe out. Maybe it's the mom thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate Sandra Bullock. Now, oh, <laughs> interesting. I think, now, my mom, she tends to, when it comes to Sandy B, it's more the, like the early thrillers, like The Net, she oh, really yeah. likes. And uh, A Perfect Murder. I think she probably just like bought that without ever knowing what it was about. Just she just saw Sandra Bullock murder, sure. Yeah. And so she her two favorite genres I would say are well, I, she probably has three. She has uh, romantic comedies and romantic comedies she uh, does not pay attention to quality whatsoever. She'll mm-hmm. watch the worst romantic comedy. She owns twenty seven dresses. Uh oh. And she uh, <laughs> she's still your mother. You haven't disowned her. <laughs> right. That's the only reason I've seen it because. <laughs> Because in the early workings of the Oracle, one day I was at their house and I was like, I'm going to start at the beginning. 27. That's the first first one alphabetically on the shelf. Cause you're so close she to started 20, with numbers. You're so close to 20 days later. Yeah. yeah. She would not have that movie. She's not into uh, like zombie flicks or uh, really horror. What about 28 anyway. Days? Sandra Bullock. Sandy Bay. It's, it's next. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, she, she loves romantic comedy. She loves uh, What Women Want. Because she's also a Mel Gibson fan. Love the old Mel Gibson stuff. Yeah. So so uncomplicated back in the day to be a Mel Gibson fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Her favorite actor is Harrison Ford. She has been a huge Harrison Ford fan for years. Okay. And it's part of the reason that, you know, we always had the Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones movies when we were kids. Uh, she, for a long... I mean, she still sees every Harrison Ford movie that yeah. comes out. Like, even the... I mean, she saw Cowboys and Aliens, and she saw 
Uh, about Hollywood homicide. Yes, owns it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm realizing now my mom hates romantic comedies, <laughs> and that's not normal for moms. Yeah, and you um, love them. Yeah, they're well, uh, fantastic for me. Uh, yeah. I also realized I could do a fun thing on this real quick, which is pull up all the movies my mom has bought for like twenty dollars on Vudu. <laughs> none, no romantic comedies. It's a uh, the most recent one is Shaun of the Dead, which I didn't know about, so I'll watch oh. that later. Cool. Uh, nice. Fifty Shades Darker. Oh. Split, Rogue One, Passengers. Oh. Yeah. Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Anything that's adapted from a book, I think she's yeah. going to be a fan of. Mm. She reads a ton. Evolution. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just solid. Arrival, BFG, Mrs. Peregrine's uh, Home for Peculiar Children, The Magnificent Seven, The Gremlins Collection, <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Beyond, Independence Day Resurgent, Warcraft. <laughs> my Dang. mom bought Warcraft. The Legend of Tarzan. Don't ever watch that movie. It's it really bad. Yeah. X-Men Apocalypse. The whole Harry Potter series. Batman vs. Superman. All the Allegiant movies. Ten Cloverfield Lane. The Fifth Wave. Star Wars. The Revenant. Mockingjay. The Heart of the Sea. Uh, Hotel Transylvania 2. I'm going to chalk that up to grandkids. Uh, the Visit. Here's another weird one. Four Christmases. Fitz Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Grand, grandkids Grand and Christmas. Christmas. Maybe, you know. But yeah, it's, it, it goes on. It's all action. Lucy? Yeah, my, my mom likes action movies. Uh, what would your What's your mom's <laughs> favorite Harrison Ford movie? To go back to your list. Maybe Witness. Ah. Oh, weird. Yeah, I've, I've never really thought about what her favorite one is. It's For her, it would probably be hard to pick. Mm-hmm. She might pick, she might pick like Raiders or Star Wars. See, my mom would pick one of the Star Wars or one of the indie movies see, for sure. Our mom strays from both yours because she does not like sci-fi movies. Yeah. Hardline, mm-hmm. no sci-fi. Hardline, and animation too, right? Yeah. Does not do animation at all. That was going to be my third genre for mom. My, the other two genres, I, I wasn't even going to put action up there. I was going to put sci-fi and uh, thrillers. She loves thrillers. Mm-hmm. She'll watch, I mean, she loves uh, like the almost like procedural thrillers like detectives and serial killers and that sort of thing yeah, like yeah. Uh, she reads James Patterson books and uh, yeah. so she loves any movie like that. the Jack Reacher movies yeah like Bone Collector is, Bone Collector. is a movie we saw with our mom in the theaters yeah Jeffrey Deaver book that she got me to get into the series read a couple of those nice there are two directors I wrote down that my mom is a huge fan of uh, Alfred Hitchcock she grew up loving Alfred Hitchcock movies and like so she loves Rear Window, Vertigo, mostly just the big Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. She also has always been a huge fan of Steven Spielberg and everything he's done. Like yeah. it's, it's uh, even some uh, lesser Spielberg or less less uh, big budget ones. Like what, for example? Like uh, I don't know, like Munich or. Okay, so no, probably not his more darker. Uh, like I don't even know if she's seen Schindler's List, for example. Okay, but it's more like the. Fun Spielberg, adventure Spielberg. Gotcha. And she'll sign up like E.T. She, she loved E.T. She loved, uh, one of her favorite movies is probably Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go out and say my mom does not like good movies that have come out in the past like 30 years. She's generally not a fan. Like I rented Arrival or maybe I bought Arrival. Mm-hmm. She watched it and she was like, it was okay. I wish there were like, more aliens. Mm-hmm. Like she's not gonna, mm. yeah. you know, look at it critique it like a cinephile might you know what I mean yeah. it's just like why wasn't there more fun stuff I wish the aliens blew everything up yeah and that's, and that's kind of in line with, with our mom's movie taste she wants to if she sits if she's going to invest the two hours to watch a movie 
She wants it to be a popcorn movie. She yeah, there's, there's absolutely no problem with that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. she's such an avid reader and is busy with stuff that she wants to be entertained. She wants. She's. Yeah. She said before she wants to turn her brain off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Total, totally down with that. Mm-hmm. I'm that way sometimes. And I guess this is this is kind of this this podcast is kind of our apology to our moms, where we can probably get snobby with our movie tastes, and it can show sometimes. And we understand and we recognize that popcorn movies can be just as good. In the right moments, as I, I think we've celebrated. I'm, I'm going to watch Why Him later when I get home. I know it's not going to be that good. I'm excited about being able to like lay on the couch and like play a game on my computer and have that movie on for two hours. I think it's mm-hmm. a, a definite like uh, through line of the movies that I enjoy. Like I like romantic comedies. I like action movies, and I'll just enjoy them. Come from her, because also our dad was famous for never liking like any movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was a hard critic for any movie we ever saw. I think yeah. It's the only things that I remember him as a kid liking were Blue Jays baseball, The Simpsons, and Star Trek. Yeah. And that's it. Those are the three things. If it wasn't one of those three things, you would occasionally get like a chuckle out of him, but that's it. Like, it's good. I made a really short list of my top three movies that most moms hate. You wanna hear it? It's the uh hold on, where'd it go? Any it's, movie with subtitles? It's, uh, it's, AI it's The Omen, list. Rosemary's Baby, and Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid list. <laughs> I bet it in a lot of checkers. <laughs> I was trying to think of movies where moms sacrifice their lives for kids earlier, and I could only think of one. Harry Potter. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Mom was Bambi. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's not as prevalent as the the, the dad one. Yeah. So you can instantly think of like Lion King, very famous. Right. I know that, that on the other end of the spectrum where kids die and moms share the grief, uh, our mom hated AI. Yes. I've walked out of a movie. I walked out of AI. I walked out of one movie with my mom and it was uh, kind of for the same reason. It was What Dreams May Come. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, my mom lost a kid before I was born. Uh, and we got like 20 minutes in that movie where all the kids die and the mom kills herself and she was just like I don't go and I was like alright yep. <laughs> this doesn't look like a fun Robin Williams romp so I'm out yeah <laughs> yeah I found the trailers for that movie to be misleading like I really wanted to see that movie when it came out and I, I was I don't know 13 or 14 when that movie came out and it was not as fun and, and like <laughs> nope. it was just real I mean the, the visuals were great I was banking on it being fun based on the visuals, but no, yeah. I don't think my mom, mom liked it. You don't get any of the heaviness from the movie. No. In no. And two, like, the kids die, the mom kills herself, he goes to heaven, and then finds out, like, his wife's in hell because she killed herself. And it's just like, fuck. <laughs> I'm done with this movie. Real quick, uh, what's the what's the uh, most uncomfortable movie to ever you've ever watched with your mom? Hmm. That's a good one. Because mine is There's Something About Mary. <laughs> oh, mine's Yeah, we, we, we watched that with her. Yeah. I'd be she fine. was a huge fan of that movie. I'd be fine watching that with my mom. It's probably something where the the sex is like too real, like something on like Fifty Shades scale, like something some movie like that maybe. Yeah, like Secretary maybe something like that. Uh, oh, you watch that with your mom? No, but it's something oh, okay. similar. Oh, I can pick where I can, like Antichrist <laughs> would be worse to watch with my. But mom. But no, I know I've watched things like that. Is oh, what I'm gotcha. I just mm. I can't put my finger on what they are. I have a real hard time. Uh, our mom was a, was a nurse, so like violence and all that, you know, that was never a thing that was off topics for discussion. Um, <clears throat> just We had a very open communication line with our parents, so anything that was like too sexually graphic, I don't think that we were ever 
weirded out. Weirded out, yeah. We went and saw mm-hmm. Original Sin in the theater. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom did. You're, so try, you're trying to rough. mentally download all those, like, Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Angelina Jolie actually probably fucking Antonio Banderas. Yeah, that was probably hard to watch. In a theater with, like, eight people. <laughs> just like, <laughs> all of them masturbating except for you and your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, you have to be careful not to shift in your seat. Because <laughs> there are definitely movies I've watched, like, oh, this movie's really good, and I'll remember there's, like, a semi-graphic sex scene in it, and, like, I'll know it's coming up, and I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette, yeah. or I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. I used to go fix food in the kitchen, but I knew they were... Yeah, yeah you know, something was coming something up. Something like that was coming or, up. I'm going to go to the bathroom, which makes it even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that I, I had to go to the bathroom uh, during... Uh, the handmaiden. Put a pillow on your lap. <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom during the My handmaiden, and I, I communicated to Kelly. I just wanted to make it clear to her, like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom to use the bathroom. I'll be back shortly. <laughs> like, um, it won't take long to do what yeah. I'm going to do. Uh, I've definitely had it with other people's families and moms. Because uh, you don't know the right, relationship yeah. or the talk. Sure. The, One the frank level of discussion they've had. So I've two stories, both quick. Uh, debate partner in high school she was learning Spanish and thought that that was you know it would be fun to like go to Blockbuster and pick out a movie in Spanish and watch it with her family uh, the movie was Y Tu Mama Tambien yes oh. I was hoping for that I was about to guess yes. that <laughs> uh, the other one was I was at a really good friend's house uh, he listens Adam uh, and we were watching House of a Thousand Corpses <laughs> and it's fine up until a point and that point is really clear, and it's the dinner scene. Have you guys seen House of a Thousand Corpses? I'm not. No. Um, right after the dinner scene, they have a a a, a live theater show, and it's like it's a house of all like inbred like crazy weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um, and the grandfather, who hasn't said anything for the entire movie, uh, becomes suddenly vocal. <laughs> and since I've already broken the c-word barrier, uh, the people who are captive and are on the stage being forced to perform scenes from something, uh, the grandfather just starts screaming obscenities at them, like, Take your tits out! Show me your cunt! <laughs> right as Adam's mom walks downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she made us turn the movie off, and we watched, like, Bridge Over the River Choir or something. <laughs> Which, in I her mind... Like, I feel like Adam's family probably has, like, 12 copies of Bridge Over the River Choir. Yeah, and in her Adam's mind, you know... Nice. They're... Those one of them depicting you know like death and the hardships of war is like way more acceptable than some yeah, crazy we'll, old man in yeah, a fictional we'll, universe. We'll tie, this, tie a bag of rats around this guy's head. Yeah. That's better. But <laughs> that happens in Bridge Over the River. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to give one quick shout out before we wrap up on moms to uh, uh, a movie that I feel like you know moms can always just discover these movies that nobody else ever watches. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that I love this movie and I never would have. I never would pick it up now if it hadn't been for uh, mom buying it and making me watch it. It was a movie called Heart and Souls. Love Heart and Souls. Robert Downey Jr. uh, is born on the same day a bus crash kills like four people. And they are ghosts that are attached to him throughout his life. And and they can't figure out why. (laughs) They can never move on to the afterlife. And they're played by... Curious Hedwig. Charles Grodin, Tom Sazemore, and Alfred Woodward. Yeah. And hmm. uh, it's the most, like, it's just it's super fun. the sweetest movie. And the, they have, like, things they have to accomplish, and he has to help them so they can move on to the next life. So it's, like, a very, like, 
this one does it, and then this one does it, and then yeah. this one does it. And, and so it's real fun. It's yeah, it's a very sweet movie, and that's what that's the movie that makes me think of my mom the most. Hmm. Nice. Is there is there like one movie for you that makes you like? Um, it's Jurassic Park. I mean, I just I, I remember seeing the trailer on like old school cable, you know, way mm-hmm. before DVRs or anything, mm-hmm. and like losing my shit in a world where there's a park with dinosaurs. Pretty much, yeah. and like they, I remember the the scene they showed was the uh, Gallimimus scene, like running through the fields and then running with them. Mm-hmm. And I like went and grabbed my mom, so I was what seven or eight, freaking the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> most people know I'm not the most religious man only time in my life I've ever prayed was in the backseat of the car on the way to see Jurassic Park on opening night that it wouldn't be sold out <laughs> before I ever saw it I was praying to God to let me see a movie um, and she would she was always up well for, did you see it that day? yeah <laughs> um, but yeah she's also up for like I don't know. When I was a kid, I would just watch one movie, you know, five times a day. Right. And she mm-hmm. was she never told me to not do that. She was she was probably reading in the same room with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. She didn't really care. But if I wanted to watch the Fire Strikes Back six times in a row, she was sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> do do what you want. What about y'all? Was there like a movie that came to mind first when you thought about your mom? On the movies? count of three. One, two, three. Braveheart. Nice. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Nice. Uh, any anytime it's on TV, no matter how busy her day was, for the longest time she would just stop. She'd yeah. just stop and she'd sit down and watch it. From I want to see it. Again. It's really good. It is really good, and it, it's it's still like, and I don't know if it's because of the nostalgia I associate with it. Sure, but like nothing brings me like that close to tears consistently like the ending scene of Braveheart does. So I've only seen the ending once because it's so bad. Yeah, I normally stop the movie before that. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if it's if, the, the sounds, it you is. don't see a lot of it, but you hear the the hook in the gut. Yeah. It's just bad. Yeah. It's the part I remember the most, even though I've only seen that one time. And mm-hmm. I've seen that movie, you know, eight or nine times probably. Well, Gibson, always good with the sound editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, but yeah, thanks, Mom, for turning me on to movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't expect anything else from Mother's Day. This is your gift. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah. Dedicated this episode of a podcast you don't listen to. <laughs> to you. For, for uh, yeah, Mother's Day gift, we're going to tell you how to subscribe to a podcast. I don't think mom's even aware that I do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, Ours is because she just thinks it's nice that I get to see Chris like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that you boys have something together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, are we wrapping this up? I think so. we're wrapping that up. That was, that was a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Nice and easy. All right, so moving on to homework. It's been so long since someone has assigned homework. Yeah. I believe it is Brent. It is. Have you thought long and hard about it? I have. And uh, actually, no, I picked this one really quick. Um, <laughs> Tease us about so, it. So, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to kind of set up our, our topic for next week. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Demi recently passed away, and we haven't really had a chance to talk about his career yet. And so it just so happens there is exactly one Jonathan Demi movie that is streaming on Netflix. Hmm. And it is your homework for the week, 2004 is The Manchurian Candidate. Ah. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a movie that's, uh, I don't remember loving when I first watched it, but I kind of, I don't know, sometimes I feel like when you look back at a director, you can, to get a good feel for him, you kind of have to watch their, their mediocre stuff as well as their best stuff and kind of sure. see how it, if yeah. it connects. So I think that could be, that could be fun. Um, Plus, it's got Denzel and Meryl. Is it, yeah. Isn't Leave Schreiber in it too? Yeah, yeah Leave Schreiber is. It's remade from one of the uh, 
a movie that a lot of people have in like top five all time too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the original. Yeah, it's like Sinatra and Angela Lansbury. Yeah. I, I think it's on a list of of like why did this movie get remade? It's it, it's up there for some people. Yeah, it's divisive. Is right, what I'm saying. For sure. Also, I wonder how like I guess we'll get into it next week, but I'm curious to see if it's trying to make statements on the Bush administration and and whatnot. Oh or, yeah, like because it's it'll be fun to watch now. That would have been a really early. Really early period to be criticizing. 2004, you think made 2003. Yeah, like that's true. His numbers were peaking then. You what? What do you have to that's criticize? That's still post 9/11 and post Iraqi invasion. And yeah, but post 9/11 is where his numbers skyrocketed. Yeah, his and was at like it's, 88. It's between going into Afghanistan and going into Iraq. Yeah, yeah. that's when he was good. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to watching it. I don't remember being fond on it the first time I saw it. I, yeah. I would not. I don't remember that either. But I would feel bad giving it a rating. I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that much. much I don't remember much of it yeah. at all. And it's it's, it's interesting. It'll be a rewatch for all of us, mm-hmm. just yeah. with a new critical eye. Mm-hmm. Yep, I saw it once in like oh five oh six. So yeah, I, mean, mm-hmm. I remember very little about it. Like I just I can make assumptions on it based on the original. Yeah, that's yeah. all I can do. Right. Yeah, I think we saw it on a family movie watching weekend mm-hmm. when Dave was back from college. Yeah, blockbuster. Another another mom pick. That'd be a fun uh, time to talk about Demi next week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yep. So he's, a, he's a, an odd director. That'll be a fun talk. Yeah, so maybe all over the place. Maybe yeah. don't really connect a whole lot. Which yeah, is interesting. I was when we were throwing around the idea of doing a Demi cast. I was like, well, this is gonna be a boring one for me. I don't know anything that he's fucking done. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, I like know and have watched recently like seven of these movies. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know they're him. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fun talk. Cool. Key talk. Yeah. Outro. Well, that'll be good. And this is the outro. This was Talkie Talk, <laughs> the podcast for the Media By Us. Please visit the website and see our stuff. Connect with us on Twitter at the Media By Us. Email us via the Media By Us at gmail.com or our Facebook groups, Movies By Us, TV By Us, Games By Us. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear from you for podcast topics. Subscribe to it and give us all of your ratings. And uh, I want to say thanks again to the Willow Walkers for providing intro music. Always like it. And love it. <laughs> and thanks again uh, to whoever's doing the outro music. We'll figure it out in post. Nice. So I want to say thanks to Chris. Thanks, TJ. Thanks to TJ. Thanks to Brent. <laughs> thanks to Brent. Thanks, David. And thanks to David. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to all of our moms. All right. Mom. 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 Goodbye. Welcome Do you to want to do the intro? <laughs> Anger snot just came out of my nose right there. <laughs> Anger snot. <laughs>